Hi everyone, welcome back to the Wild Womb Podcast. This week, I'm excited to share this soul-nourishing conversation with Lacey Haynes. Lacey is a longtime yogi and meditation guide and a relatively new mama to her daughter, Fox. Lacey is based in London, where she chose to have a free birth. The Guardian did a story on her choice to free birth, and it went viral. Her situation always struck me as another example of how women's body autonomy in pregnancy and childbirth is taken away and is treated as free reign for commentary and control by others. This isn't too much different than a woman's experience on the everyday, but I feel like there's always more emphasis on being able to touch pregnant women's bellies, assert your own story and your own opinion, and it's very bizarre. Um, I mean, most of the time I don't hear people going up to other people and saying, oh my god, you're so huge, and things like that. Um, So that's what I mean there. Anyway, Lacey stood strong in her in her convictions and cultivated a full and beautiful trust in herself and her baby. Lacey has actively worked on healing her relationship with motherhood. She did this throughout her pregnancy and has continued to do so as she's entered parenting. We talk through her process in this episode and start unpacking how often we have such a fraught relationship with this role. She's reclaiming and radicalizing motherhood. It's inspiring and eye-opening and has really gotten me to process my own relationship with motherhood and the implications of choosing that as a role. It's a pretty charged subject, and I know many of us have a lot of complex feelings on the matter. Lacey has so much insight. She's currently leading workshops around the world for pussy gazing, which is her way of leading women to reconnect or connect for the first time with their bodies. She's helping women heal trauma, fear, and general pussy neglect. This is a powerful workshop, and I'm thrilled that she'll be leading a couple here in Brooklyn at Love is Juniper over the summer. I'll definitely be attending, and I'll also be linking to ticket sales through my Instagram at wildwombdoula as soon as they're available, Um, so stay tuned. And also, I just want to say, next week I will be taking a tiny hiatus um, from the podcast. I have made a huge life transition um, where I'm no longer doing anything but doula work and my herbalism apprenticeship and I called in all this work and now I'm so so busy and I just want to take the time to focus on that a little bit and so next week is going to be no episode but I will be back the following week um, with new interviews that I'm really excited about so stay tuned for that thank you so much for listening and as always please 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 feel free to reach out with any thoughts or feelings or feedback And I really encourage people to try out some of the things that Lacey talks about with healing your relationship with motherhood. Um, I'm not planning on becoming a mother anytime soon, but I did do the journal exercise um, that she talks about of just asking yourself what your relationship with the mother is, what it means to you, and then slowly digging in deeper and deeper and deeper into that. It's really interesting. It's a great just process for journaling and kind of thinking through your own thoughts um but especially for people who are interested in becoming moms anytime soon I think it's a great thing to try um and probably a really important thing to carry into your own role as a mother um anyway I hope you enjoy this episode and let me know what you think thanks so much to Lacey for coming on
if you want to tell me a little bit about yourself and then uh, what you do and how you got to what you're doing, that'd be great. Sure. So my name is Lacey Haynes. I am living in London with my baby girl who's 15 months now and my husband and I am teaching pussy gazing workshops to women. So the idea that by looking between our legs and reconnecting to this place in our bodies, we can tap back into our power. We can find more sexual satisfaction, sensuality, creativity, and confidence. And I came to this practice through my pregnancy. When I was pregnant, yeah, I am... I really wanted to I really wanted to find that deep well of trust that I mm-hmm. knew was inherent in me as a woman but felt like it was glazed over by a technocratic method and society that doesn't support women through this process or at least doesn't support women in a way that resonates with me. And so as I started to navigate the system and slowly withdraw myself from the system, I began to really turn within and and balance that precarious, um, the precarious world between <laughs> fear and trust. And I needed to know what my body was capable of. And I needed to really come into communion with my body because pregnancy is such an embodied experience. And if we can, if we can find our way into the body's wisdom, I believe we can have more um, success at finding the birth of our dreams. We can enjoy pregnancy more. And we can also tune into you know, the wisdom that we have that tells us if something's wrong or what we need more of or what we need less of. And as a, a longtime yoga teacher and practitioner, this, this path is something I know well. So I began to um, I began to look between my legs with a mirror and really um, commune with this part of my body that brought the baby into my body and would also release my baby. And so I, I, on a physical level, I started to understand my anatomy and the physiology. And then on a spiritual level, I started to recognize where um, trauma was held, whether it was mine or ancestral. I started to recognize where shame was dwelling and then to really restore my confidence in the beauty of this part of my body. And so I had an unassisted pregnancy. Yeah, it is. It's so exciting. And um, yeah, that's one of the things I ask people on this podcast, actually, is how they're either how they kind of deconstructed the fear in their own process mm. um, or how they're helping other women do so. And this that's just perfect. for them. <laughs> Yeah. So so I had an I. I was registered with the midwifery team in my borough here in London, but I told them that I, I wasn't going to participate Um with their schedule, I was going to participate um, with my own schedule. So I saw a midwife a couple of times. I didn't see doctors. I didn't have any ultrasound scans or do any of the tests. And I um, I navigated my own fear because a, a pregnant woman usually has more fear than anyone else can give to her. And even though um, people still want to give you their own fears, especially if you're doing something outside of the system, I really made yeah. sure to protect myself and to surround myself with people who could support me in the way that was beneficial to me and my baby. Um, and then navigating fear for me was a daily thing, you know, like sometimes it would pop up in different guises, but it was usually the same thing. It was a, a fear that I wouldn't be able to do this, that I was making the wrong decisions, recognizing whether it was my ego paying, you know, my ego participating or recognizing whether it was really the truth of what um, my experience, you know, wanted to be born as, what my baby wanted. 
So I, I navigated that, I'd say daily and, and even throughout, you know, throughout the actual act of giving birth, it was still present, present. I never really felt, I never really felt the need to dispel fear. I felt the need to augment my ability to trust so that when fear came calling, I could just be like, yeah, I know you. It's okay that you're here. We know each other. Um, but it tr- like, I'm going to trust because that's the, sh- that's the stronger, that's the more, um, that's the more beneficial thing to turn to. So I, um, yeah, I did that. And then I had a free birth. So it was just my husband and, and I, and a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, she a doula or anything, no, or just, a just a friend. So we, I like That's to joke great. that we, that, um, that the only births we'd all been at were our own many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> People were like, have any of you guys experienced birth before? And I was like, oh yeah, we've all been born. It's fine. We know what we're doing. <laughs> um, so of course we did lots I mean, of research. About that for sure. <laughs> yeah. And we did lots of research, you know, I've, I'm, I've done, uh, pregnancy yoga training and conscious birth training and have had an, a, an interest in birth and pregnancy for many years. So I feel like my, you know, my scope of knowledge and also my ability to, to shape shift my plans, depending on what's, what's presenting itself. That was, that was always a possibility for me. So mm-hmm. I, I had a hope for what I wanted and then I, I let go of my expectation. Um, but in the end we had an extraordinary birth and um, yeah, it was my husband and I, in our tiny London flat bathroom with me on the toilet. And, uh, and yeah, it was a, a long, a long weekend of birthing. And eventually we ended up with a little girl on our lap in the bathroom, just the most delighted people. <laughs> yeah, it was just absolutely extraordinary to, um, and also to go through the experience. And then my husband, his name's Flynn. It's just so funny. He was like, we have a human baby here. Like there's a human yeah. baby in the room, you know. <laughs> nothing it's can not prepare real you. Until the baby's born, right? <laughs> I know nothing can truly prepare you for their little, their little animatronic bodies coming into space and discovering the air for the first time. And uh, it's just so extraordinary, so much magic. And it's been fifth, so she's fifteen months now. She is, yeah. That's quite the journey. It is quite the journey, <laughs> and it takes a long time to process. You know, like I really, I really. Um, I really adhered to not only the first 40 days, but I really used up until my first bleed, which was about 11 months. And I called this the birth portal, like this space, this liminal space after birthing. I really used that as a time to integrate my experience and really go slow and not try to create anything or force anything in my life so that I could really process everything that happened and then and then allow the, you know, like this the spiritual component of of afterbirth to um to really, yeah, be present, really be with it because it's, it's chaotic and it's new and it's messy and there's just so much there. So I really think that in allowing that space, giving myself that space, it really has set me up now to, to get back in the world and to feel, to feel really healed, to feel well and truly um, integrated. Amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, I think it sounds like your whole process has been really conscious and that's so important, I think, in order to to really go through the whole process of birth and then postpartum, of course, that's been such a thing these days where you're hearing more and more about postpartum depression and Mm. all of this and no one really has the support. And I think, yeah, one of the biggest things is going through it really conscientiously can really help in understanding that it is huge. It's not just a thing that now you have a baby, you have like so much to unpack there. Mm. Yeah. And even, 
I really recognized in myself, you know, I, I was like, okay, I'll, 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 the fourth trimester, I'll, you know, I'll really slow, be slow through the three months after the first 40 days. But then I recognized, you know, as I, as I went on that I needed so much more than that. And I, yeah, every time I felt the drive to do something or to really push myself to get out back in the world, you know, to participate in, 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 in my, my, my ingrained ideas of what I was meant to be doing, I really had to tease those out and say, okay, what's, what am I actually feeling? And to recognize that I needed more time, you know, I was still, of course, in the world and participating, but, but, um, recognizing that, um, that this healing space after, and also the importance of, of really giving yourself presence for yourself and for your baby, you know, like that's, Mm -hmm. that's often not regarded. And that's, you know, what you and I are going to talk about mostly today is this idea of healing the relationship to motherhood, because I think because this, this quiet, world of mothering isn't it in the way that it could be and would be more beneficial for all of us we right. often feel compelled to move quite quickly through this process um and get back out there you know like get back out there get back to doing stuff tidy up your house get your body back get your world back on track get back to work you know like all of this getting back as if the thing yeah. that you're doing isn't the thing. The thing that we're doing is the thing. Um, but we've kind of been tricked out of recognizing that by a society right. that doesn't value it. Yeah, we're expected to bounce right back, whatever that means, and, <laughs> and not take the time. And it's it's very it's sad and weird to witness that, that people just don't even really give them their, themselves like the mental space to mm-hmm. say that, you know, okay, I, my body needs this, I need this, my baby needs this, but they're just right out right away two weeks after, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's challenging too, because, you know, we birth and we, and we carry life and we, and we do all of these processes the way that we live. So they don't sit outside of our, 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 um, the way that we approach our lives, it's all intrinsically connected. So if we're, if we're racing through our lives right up until the time we give birth, chances are it's going to be really challenging to slow down at the point when you need it most. And that's when we need to recognize as well that like increasingly as you go through your pregnancy or your body's blossoming and you're slowing down, you know, like heeding that call to slow down then so that when you birth and then when you enter postpartum, it's not such an abrupt um, dramatic transition, but something that you've already been stepping into throughout the entire process. Mm. And I think that's, yeah, that's where like this idea of like working right up until, right up until your due date or right up until the end. I think that's where it also, it also fails us because we're not giving ourselves the spaciousness that we require in order to, in order to enjoy it and integrate it. And, and, um, and yeah, just like let our bodies rest. Yeah. How did you feel like you did that for yourself and kind of uh, stop the the need to be super, super productive? Mm, It's challenging. And I mean, it's like a, you catch yourself sometimes, you know, a few days into doing something that you're like speeding through and then you're like, oh shoot, I'm not supposed to be, you know, like this is not benefiting me at all. I stopped work, um, the work that I was doing probably two months, almost two months before I gave birth. Um, so that I could, so that I could really focus on it. My pregnancy, I really slowed down, even though I was still working and doing stuff. I was conscientious about the, about my, my pace and, um, and yeah, I, it felt to me, it felt to me like, it felt to me almost revolutionary and also, 
um, so important. So this idea of healing your relationship to motherhood is something that I started to approach when I, um, before I became pregnant, because I really, I recognized that myself and for so many women that I was talking to, we, we didn't actually value the role of mothering. And so we yeah. were talking about mothering, but we didn't value it. And we actually thought it was a bit of a, a bit of a cop out, you know, like Definitely. this isn't, this, this isn't, this is like a conciliatory prize. This is a secondary thing that you do when maybe you take a break and then you get back to your life or it's a thing you do as a, as a, as some sort of um, cop out or I don't know, like it, it was just so fraught with negativity and the the perceptions around it and the feelings around it um, felt so constrictive. Mm-hmm. And I recognized in myself, like I was like, I can't become something that I don't value. And what benefit is this to my child and to the future of women? Um, if we're not, if we're not believing in and we're not revering our innate capabilities as women, like our, our you know, our biological imperative to create life, whether you choose to do it or not, um, it's there and it's a superpower and, and, and so many of the reasons that our world is, is, has headed in such a, a challenging dark direction right now is because we're not respecting the feminine, whether that's in men or in women or the way we approach the world. And I believe that in not respecting women as mothers and motherhood as a role, that's like, that's like a root essence of it. So I started to unpack that with myself and look at like my beliefs surrounding it and, and slowing down and being in this more quiet inward yin um, way of living that is that is the feminine in in, in a lot of ways you know mm-hmm. so I I um, almost felt like it was my imperative to start doing that um, even even when, <laughs> when it was hard <laughs> yeah did you always think that you would be a mother or is this something that you had to really look into once you decided you wanted to be mm, I I think Looking back, I it was always there calling me, but I covered over it with um, believing it was it was a shameful desire. It felt it felt shameful to me to want to want this thing when instead I could want a career, I could want a, you know um, external achievements in like the public sphere. So it felt really it felt it felt really sticky to me to want this thing that. Um, that I didn't respect. So I, I kind of covered over it. And, um, and it took, you know, it took my husband saying to me when I met him that I would make a beautiful mother to kind of crack open this possibility. Um, like, Oh yeah, maybe, I, maybe that is something that I can connect with. And maybe, yeah. maybe it's also not, um, and it's not an undesirable trait because I also saw it in a lot of ways is needy. It's like a needy thing to want from a partner to become a mother. I just had so many, so many ugly ideas surrounding it. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I mean, I've definitely felt that way as well. And I feel like a lot of people do. And you know, when you do see people having children, especially when they might be young, it's like, well, why would you do that rather than get a job and do that whole thing? Mm. So now you're just a mom and that's what we're kind of taught. And I feel like, um, that's kind of one of the negative side effects of some feminist movements where, Mm, which I of course like really value and think are so, so important, but that has been a bit of the lash back from it. Um, Same with like it, you know, that kind of plays into where people have issues with breastfeeding and 
yeah, all the things just needing to be productive and back at work and proving that you are equal to men in that way when, you know, yeah. it just devalues that that really innate feminine job. <laughs> mm, yeah, totally. So well put. And we we fought for equality through sameness, which we're not the same. We're different and we have different abilities and different roles in in you know the the propagation of our species if we want to bring it down to like a biological level um and 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 physicality and embodiment are important you know like it's so much of the work that i do now is reconnecting people to their bodies and actually allowing their bodies to show them what their mind and the intellect intellectualization um cannot you know like there's so much wisdom in the body um, so I think that's what we're seeing a lot of now is a turning back because we ran in, in the opposite direction and now we're recognizing, okay, like we need to come back into our bodies. Um, yeah, I fun. agree. Yeah. I'm happy. I mean, I know I'm certainly in the community where that is a positive thing, but I do feel like it's getting more widespread and it's, it's cool to see that we can really just honor whatever role somebody wants to choose. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and um yeah and and maybe support uh, like maybe there's a new wave of feminism happening that is that is about that is about kind of the opposite of like that is about the body and maybe it's okay to to be of the body and maybe it's okay to to be feminine and feminist and maybe it's okay to be super sensual and sexual and also powerful and maybe we can be all of these things and maybe that doesn't none of that has to be a liability anymore Right. Absolutely. And especially with the motherhood role, because I think that's that's a scary thing to come to is that you feel like you might lose all of those qualities mm. by being a mother, that you have to sacrifice the sexual and the sensual and the powerful. Yeah. And, and I think the idea too, and something that I've discovered a lot is that by losing community, um, which has happened on such a rampant scale, especially in Western society. Yeah women are, are alone to take care of children and it's hard not to lose yourself when you are by yourself sustaining your life and someone else's. Um, so for me, it's been really important and, and we're gonna, going to move to a, to a new place because of this, because of the need for true community so that, you know, not only I can be better supported and elevated, but my child can as well and the family unit can and then in, in turn, everyone can. You know, we're not meant to be alone in a box with our children. Yeah, absolutely. I do think that there's been a, a wave of that as well, of trying to get back to and understand truly that it does take a village and you need everybody around you. You need to build your tribe. Um, yes. It's so important. And it's not a, it's not a failure either, you know, like it's that this idea that we're meant to go it alone and that a successful mother is, uh, is one who's, um, you know, bleeding herself dry of her joy and her vitality right? Um, yeah. so that her children can shine. Like, that's not it. Um, someone no. said to me recently, like my cup is full and everyone else can have what pours into the saucer. And I totally agree with that you know that's, that's such a this, great way to say oh, that it's, it's so good that. isn't it <laughs> and then you get and then you get to see all of these vital radiant women um you know who who are if we look back historically like the keepers of the land all of these things that kind of we've lost over the last couple of thousands of years um this connection to land as of this this really um I don't know, lush vibrancy, this bountiful 
feeling of the feminine. I'm just so excited about it right now, but you feel this teeming, this teeming lush wetness and then the droplets, everyone else can have that, you know? Right. And it means you get to walk around super full and charged, which is what I'm all about. <laughs> yeah. And what a great thing to set, like to teach that to your children as well. Yes. Like, imagine growing up with that as your model. I don't know if that's what you had, but oh. it's, I think, yeah, more of that. <laughs> yeah. More of that. I agree. And, um, yeah, it's exciting. It's such an exciting time. I think this, this turning point that we're at. Yeah. How, so what is, what has that work looked like for you to be, to heal that relationship and when did it start? And I know it's ongoing for sure, but I'd yeah, love to know is. about it. So for me, a lot of it was, was self-inquiry and I, that's what I did a lot, you know, before I got pregnant and a lot throughout my pregnancy, um, was self-inquiry, sitting down and thinking, writing down, like, what do I think about the role of motherhood? Mm -hmm. What do I think about mothers? And then, and then, and then having to sit with all of the things that came up and then, and then it, and then it's like, okay, well, what part of that is me? What part of that is society? What has society taught me? What are the mothers that I'm seeing on, um, you know, TV screens, what does pregnancy look like? What does birth look like? Um, what's the languaging? Like she's just a mom, mm -hmm. you know, like this diminishing of the, of the female role, all of this. So for me, it was just really this like consistent evaluation and then starting to pick it out, pick it out the things out of myself, um, which is ongoing because they're so deeply ingrained, you know, looking back over my mother line, uh, you know, the mothers of my mothers and my mothers mm -hmm. and, and seeing, you know, how they felt about women, how they felt about being women and being mothers. And, you know, I've even talked to my own mom about it. And she, when she left her job, she remembers that shameful feeling of, um, you know, her friends asking what she was doing and, and feeling ashamed to be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a stay, I'm a stay at home mom now. Like those words almost choking in her throat because it, it felt so, um, it felt so, so small and so unimportant yeah. and she said she could almost see people's eyes glaze over like oh my god this person's gonna start talking about their kids now I'm gonna have to listen to her talk about her kids she has nothing else to say um so this idea that raising children which which we might regard as the most important role in our society, you know, raising the future generations mm -hmm. who, um, who are going to take care of this earth and, and hopefully dig us out of the mess that we're in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but we're, we're looking at that as if it's like it's the crappiest role, right. you know, the least important thing we're giving the least amount of resources, you know, to, to women who are, who are doing this work. And, um, and, and, you know, and it angered me and it, and it made me feel passionate um, and it, yeah, it's just, um, and it's massive and it's ongoing. And a lot of it involves talking to women, mm -hmm. you know, talking to women and seeing what people are thinking and feeling and then enacting it in my own life. So, you know, part of slowing down or, um, if we, choosing to go slow through that first year after my daughter was born was being like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to revolt against these ideas by doing the opposite of what I feel like I, what, what's ingrained in me to do, which is to like speed up and get back out there. I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to slow down and I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to really, I'm going to really sit with these, these feelings. That's amazing. Have you had much community support in this or does this feel like something you're really doing on your own? It feels like something I'm doing on my own. Yeah. I yeah. Imagine. Yeah. It feels like really internal work. 
And then, you know, slowly as I integrate it and as I really ground it in myself, I'm bringing it out into the world to share with other people. Um, so it's, it's a, you know, I'm, I do some one-on-one work and, um, yeah, I'm, as it comes through me, it will be something I share more of and, and, and assist other people more in their journeys. Um, because I think like this, um, this healing, the relationship to motherhood is imperative for every single woman who's either becoming a mother is a mother, you know, is pregnant. I think we all have to evaluate it or else we risk the possibility of not valuing ourselves or secretly undermining the, the important work we're doing. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that there's, I mean, beyond just healing that there's just so much work that goes into, or that should go into becoming a parent and really like healing yourself and looking at your own traumas and everything so that those things aren't passed on to children as well. Like, yeah. And it's, it's true. It's so exciting because we have the, in one of my um, pussy casing workshops recently, a woman said, you know, she really hit her for the first time when we were talking about ancestral healing and our, and our mother lines. And she was like, Oh my gosh, like I can choose right now to end it here to be the last one who carries you know, this specific story of shame that she had, you know, from her mother and her grandmother. And she realized I can do the work and make this go away. So I don't pass it on to my children. Mm -hmm. And what what an immense power that is. It's a huge, that's a huge amount of control and yeah, power for sure. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. And to look at it that way, I think that that's something we need to encourage people to start shifting their language around it and understanding that they can make these choices to live so differently and so much more, I don't know, holistically and supportive of themselves and their families, people around them, just by doing that, like being able to take a step back and understand that that's what's going on and that you do have the ability to change it. Yes. And then starting exactly where you are, you know, like I I, I say this often because I had, you know, such a, such an alternative uh, pregnancy and birth that would, that, that scares a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the message is the same, regardless of where you are in your journey, um, that, that it starts with just some self-evaluation, some recognition of where you are, some slowing down, some looking within, perhaps recognizing your own power, you know, like it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be so far outside of your comfort zone because we're all at such different places in our journeys in this world um, that, but we all have the capacity to become a little more mindful and a little more conscious with every decision we make. You don't have to jump from the beginning of the alphabet to the end, all in one decision, you know, like it can be a nice gradual, a gradual stroll. (laughs) And that certainly plays right back into what we're saying about slowing down and like, you don't need to have everything done so perfectly. It is, it's all about the process of it. Mm, exactly how would you get women started on that that you work with yeah so in in particular the healing the relationship to motherhood yeah and um yeah just being able to like be a little bit more mindful of the process I think the first question to ask oneself is to you know you can write it down like what do I think about the role of mother Mm -hmm. you can just write just really think about it like okay um, I think it's good. I think it's important. And then um, I think it's boring. I think it's tedious. Okay. And then what comes below that? Um, I don't know. Maybe 
no one will recognize that I matter anymore. No one, maybe no one will think, you know, and then, and then just keep digging a little bit, like little scratches below every answer that you come up with. See if there's something else there, because often it will keep spiraling. And the longer you sit with a question or a a level of inquiry, um, more things will be born of that. So sitting with that question is really important. And, and then you can also ask, you know, if there are some trusted people in your life who are um, open to, to, to self-inquiry, you can ask them, like, what do you think? And, and have a dialogue with another woman who you respect. Um, a lot of healing can happen through sharing. So having a conversation um, can be really important. And if you have a good, a good relationship with your mother, you can ask her, like, what, what's her relationship to motherhood like? How did mm-hmm. she feel when she had children? Um, did she feel valued? Did it, did it, um, did it feel good? Did it feel bad? Like just, you know, just these really simple things I think is the, is an important starting point. Yeah. Um, and a simple starting point. And then from there, lots of stuff will be revealed. Right. Yeah. Just, it's kind of a, a hole of unraveling. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, and then in terms of, you know, the, tr- the tr- in terms of the trusting yourself process, I am, um, I had a friend the other day and I loved it. And she's, you know, considering having children for the first time. And, um, she was really close by when I was going through my experience and she was like, okay, I think I'll go have some tests to check out my fertility and do this and that and this and that and this. And I was like, are you healthy? What's your body saying to you right now? Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, my menstrual cycle is perfect. I'm healthy. Everything's, you know, everything's great. I'm doing great. I'm like, well, maybe you can listen to that. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe you don't need someone else to tell you, like, maybe this can be your starting point of trusting yourself on your journey to becoming a mother by actually asking the questions of yourself instead of handing it over to someone who, you know, can test you, but can't really can't you know might be able to tell you some things but might not be able to tell you other things you know like mm-hmm. you, you if you're feeling great and you're feeling fine and all of these things are are in alignment in your body maybe you can start there and she was like ah oh, yeah okay that's that feels so much better than this panic feeling of going and you know getting unnecessary tests that she didn't actually feel like she needed um so recognizing where in your life you can start trusting yourself yeah. where you can stop handing over your power. Of course, there are times when we need other people to assist us. Um, but asking yourself first and starting to practice, starting to practice that in your daily life. I think that's such great advice. Um, as a, I'm a doula and yeah. um, I mean, working with people, mostly they're people who are going to hospitals and doing like the very traditional thing and they're getting all the tests and not really asking or understanding that they don't need them all. And Mm. I mean, they're great that they're there. I think it's so important that we have the medical system and everything. I don't personally trust it that much, but Mm. I think uh, it's great to, to encourage people to look at that and say like, okay, do you really think that you need it? Like if it's stressing you out to have to make all of these appointments and you feel healthy and can you just take a step back and understand that things are going okay that you Mm. might not need to have whatever random test all the time I I really like that yeah definitely and and it can be it can be like like you said it can be with you know one test or it can be one appointment it can be it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be everything all at once you know I I did an interview 
with the Guardian after my free birth and the woman who, um, the journalist who I was working with, she was really nervous to interview me because she had such, um, she had such traumatic birthing experiences, um, very different than my experience. And I think she was concerned she was going to feel judged. And she, she left it saying, okay, if I have another baby, I actually feel really excited because, you know, I didn't realize that I could, um, you know, I could try to find the heartbeat with just my ear, you know, with yeah. my husband's ear later, like that's exciting. Maybe we'll try that instead. So just little things of, of, of being curious and maybe there are alternative ways and maybe the ways that we're doing things aren't necessarily, um, always the best for our health and our children's health, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, I, I see that so much is just understanding that you can like look at your own body and touch your own body and understand mm. like what's good and what's right and what's not and when you should be concerned, but when you don't necessarily need to be. And it's really interesting to watch people not really go through that process or, or to start it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, and to look between your legs, like grab a mirror. I call it yeah. pussy gazing. You can do. You can call it whatever you want. You can use the word vagina, yoni, <laughs> anything. It doesn't matter. It's your choice. But look at yourself. Look at your body. Start to start to invite invite your womanhood back into the whole of yourself, so that it's not just this separated um, uh, separated island. You know, like this isn't an an intrinsic part of your identity probably um, mm. and your pleasure. And if you're having a child, then it's a huge part because it will hopefully be the way that your child comes into the world. So developing a positive relationship with your pussy, developing, um, developing an understanding of her power, her innate power and your ability to heal and let go is so so um, married to this part of your body so if there's trauma if there's sadness if there's um, parts of you that you don't you don't trust this part of yourself then it's time to start now it's time to start looking now because this could be the difference between you know having a really empowered experience and having an experience that that's lackluster or less enjoyable um there's so much power here in connecting to yourself so that's a huge recommendation i have for people yeah, I agree. I mean, it. I think, uh, and I've I actually interviewed someone recently who was talking about how women don't meet their cervix until they're in labor a lot of the time. Mm. Um, but it's the same for vaginas. Like uh, most women haven't seen anyone other than their own and probably hardly even their own. Mm. So encouraging that is, that's a, a huge way to get connected, even just a little bit, but it would make such a difference. Yeah, definitely. And you can just look and say hi. You can be like, yeah. hi, <laughs> you're, you're going to birth my baby. How are you? Is there anything that you need? Is there anything that I'm not doing? Would you like me to slow down more? I mean, this part of the body loves slowing down. Like as women know, um, you know, that most of the time we open up most in a sexual situation when we have time to fully blossom like a flower. Mm -hmm. Like th that's that's what this part of the body loves is a slow a slow pace um, and trust and, and safety and security and people around who uplift you. Like this is the guiding compass. This is the part of your body that will tell you the most um, whether things are, things are good or things are bad. Yes. <laughs> so starting to really listen to her wisdom um, is exciting. And what do your workshops look like? How, how do those go? Yeah. So um, I get a group of women together. I just got back from a festival in Berlin actually over the weekend, which was phenomenal. Um, Amazing. Yeah. So it's a, a, a good size 
group of women and we get together and for a couple of hours and we do embodiment exercises coming into the body, recognizing how we're feeling and coming into the womb space as the center of creativity, the sacral chakra, which is the energetic center where, you know, art and life are made manifest, the super powerful, potent place of the body, you know, seeing what's there, what do we need to heal? What do we need to listen to? Mm -hmm. We come between the legs, activating that space, seeing if we can breathe life into this part of the body. We can let go of things that no longer serve us. For a lot of women, there's, you know, there's trauma, there's shame. So coming into connection with that in a safe environment, in a supported environment. And then eventually we have mirrors and people can choose the level of privacy that they want. And they look, they spend a, a big chunk of time looking at themselves and seeing and I, I guide everyone through a meditation and, and uh and it's it's so powerful I mean it's it's been life-changing for so many people to to come on this journey and to realize you know it can seem so simple and it is but most things are simple most things that are important in life are so simple um mm -hmm. and and the power that's um that's available by looking and, and inviting inviting your your pussy into union with the rest of your body. And what are the embodiment exercises that you do or that you encourage? Um, yeah, a lot of it's movement-based. It's okay. movement-based, yeah, movement-based. And um, and we do, you know, meditations. I mean, it's not something I can really distill right here. Um, of course. They, yeah. yeah, movement. A lot of it's movement, guided movement. So finding a way into the body that's authentically driven from within. So it's not um, not me teaching movements. It's more discovering the desires of the sensual body, the desires of the body in the moment. Okay. Yeah. Would there be um, like a recommendation for somebody to to kind of get into the place where they could sit with their body a little bit better in order to get to that point where they can yeah. look into their power that you might. So I've got, um, I've got a little video lesson online and I'll, um, you can find it via my website, which is LaceyHaines.com. Okay. I'll, um, I'll distill it for you a bit now though, and just give you, give you a small taste of it. And it's, and it's the idea of activating this part of your body with tactile touch. So you first start by breathing between your legs. So, you start allowing the breath to drop down your spine, past your womb, all the way into the into the floor, so into this into this seat, all the way down into your pussy. And it's this idea that you can start to you can start to bring life into this part of yourself simply through breath. Mm. And then we transition to placing our hands, just cupping like over your pants, so, so that there's some tactile touch. And then seeing if we can continue the breath and and then allow the touch to also bring about another layer of connection. Um, and a lot can be discovered just through that simple practice. Um, so if we want to, we can link the video or, um, or you can, yeah, yeah somehow. I'll definitely we put that in the show notes so that people can yeah, get cool. to that. That's amazing. Great. Yeah. Um, well, I, I know we're kind of getting towards the end of your time. Um, is there anything you want to touch back upon? Oh, let's see. Um, there's so much here. <laughs> no, there's so much here. Well, I'm I'm currently planning a pussy gazing tour, so I'm going to be going um, to a few different countries throughout the rest of this year. Uh, so if this is something that interests you, um, you can Definitely. find that on my website, and Kaylee will uh, provide the link as well. Um, 
And yeah, it's starting exactly where you are is the most exciting thing for me. Um, and, and t- that can never be driven home enough. Like you are exactly where you're meant to be, um, mm-hmm. in your life right now, you're doing such a good job already. And now if this inspires you in some way, take the tools that work with you and you, and you start to embody them and start to live them little by little. And we, you know, we birth, we mother, we, we're pregnant. Everything is in alignment with the way that we're already living. So if you want, if you, you know, if you're thinking about getting pregnant in the future, start living now the way that you want to be then, you know, don't wait, like start yeah. now. Yeah, that's great advice. It's been a pleasure, Kaylee. Yeah, Thank you so much so for great. inviting Thanks me for on. Thank you with me. This has been really nice. You're Thank welcome. You. Yeah, Thank you. A- and I hope to come and see you for some pussy gazing. Oh, yeah, I would <laughs> love to go in New York. So definitely yeah, cool. about that. <laughs> I will definitely. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay. Thanks. Bye.